With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard, coming to you from New York this week. And joining me, as always, holding down the Pop Shop Fort or storefront, I guess, in L.A. is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? It's pretty great. Uh, You know, where are you going to be joining us from next week? Uh, L.A. I'll be back oh. with you, I think. Oh, okay, good. I didn't know if you were going to keep keep uh, globetrotting. <laughs> I'll go to Miami next. Right, Actually, right. I'm like, the, the irony is, like, when I get there next week, you won't be there. No, I will. Don't worry. Okay. Okay, Don't good. you worry. At least we got that covered. Um, well, <laughs> as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got news about ABBA, Kanye West, J. Cole, Ariana Grande, and Record Store Day's impact on the charts. Plus, we've got an interview with Sting and Shaggy. Uh, The two gents stopped by the office to talk about their new collaborative reggae pop album, 44876, which happens to debut at number one on our reggae albums chart this week. So stick around for that a little bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. And I think we should just hop right into the news. What do you say, Keith? Um, is there really another answer here? <laughs> oh, <No>? fine. <laughs> Don't be excited. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Get into that news. Come on. Oh, actually, the first news item is is uh, is something we have. Uh, we have Kanye, and we could probably fill an entire podcast with Kanye West's latest antics. So let's just focus in on the music. 
Uh, yes. Kanye released two songs late Friday night in very Kanye fashion. He hit Twitter to share the first song called Lift Yourself, pointing fans to an MP3 po- file over on his website. The song starts out with a sped-up soul sample, very Kanye-esque, and shifts into a beat that sounds a lot like his Life of Pablo song, Faded, and then things sort of unravel from there. Hmm. Um, we're just going to go straight to the lyrics website Genius to provide you with uh, with these words from the end of this song. I like the way Kade um, deflects, like, according to Genius, not me, this is according to Genius. Well, it's funny, I actually was the one that uh, was on when these songs came out, and so, like, <laughs> I had to had to try to transcribe these words but let me just let genius take it over (laughs) okay um the lyrics go like this poopity scoop scoop diddy whoop whoop to scoop to poop poop to scoopty that's just a taste keith that's just a small taste that's just a taste of the poop oh my god yeah, so mm. that one, you know, we were promised the song, and it was supposed to answer all these questions, and, and that's what we got. So Kanye fans were happy that the next song, Yay Versus the People, featuring T.I., had a little more lyrical substance and actually directly addressed his many controversial tweets from the past two weeks, including his support of President Trump and photos of him wearing the famous red Make America Great Again hat. So the song was first played Friday night on LA Hip Hop Station Power 106 before being also posted on Kanye's website. Um, and a sample lyric from this one, uh, Make America Great Again had a negative perception. I took it, wore it, rocked it, gave it a new direction, added empathy, care, and love and affection, and y'all simply questioning my methods. So... Those are the two new Kanye songs, both of which now, um, in addition to still being on his website, are also streaming um, on all the major streaming platforms. Um, You know, Keith, is there any indication that, you know, from streaming alone, these are going to make any impact on the charts? You know, what do you know so far? Very little. Right. Um, So, um, though we are trying to get some sort of, um, sort of, wouldn't be overnight, but, you know, fast, fast, fast sort of, in the first day or two type streaming data, we're going to try to get that as soon as we can, and we'll post a story if there is um, something newsworthy to say about these songs. Um, but yeah, we're working on that, but no, I don't have anything new. I am kind of curious, though, um, is this just the first kind of um, sampling of just a series of songs that he's going to put out, or are these the first two songs from a forthcoming album? We assume, because he has his own album that's coming out. Uh, in like a month or so, right? Yeah, he's got. There's a string of albums. The first, it's it's a uh, one solo album from Kanye, a joint album with Kid Cudi, and then a series of albums from uh, good music artists, including um, uh, actually Nas is one of the albums that he's putting out that he executive right. produced. I don't know that Nas is good music, but um, uh, he's got uh, Pusha T. And um, I'm I'm totally spaced. I just on. I just put you on the spot. That's why. No, I, that's totally fine. But, but the first I, album comes out at the the last week um, of May, and then there's a string of albums that come out um, the first three or four weeks of June. So like it's they're they're planning to just take over with these albums. And yes, we do not yet know whether Lift Yourself or Yay versus the People will be on any of those projects. It'll be very interesting. Very interesting to see, you know, how he releases these albums. If he's going to pull like a sort of the life of Pablo thing, where he, it was effectively a streaming only album, though there were just like a handful of digital sales that he sold through his website. But 
you know, it's like, what's she going to do? And especially now when everything is so streaming oriented, does he even need to put out a commercial, you know, commercially available album? Time will tell. This is a very interesting time. It is. And he has the world's attention at the moment. So we'll see what he does with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to some news that I was not totally at all expecting. Totally different news. Yes. <laughs> I was not at all expecting to be talking about this group on the Pop Shop podcast today, but I'm very happy that we are. Um, legendary Swedish pop quartet ABBA have answered their fans' decades-long wishes and reunited to record two new songs. So the out group of the blue. announced, yeah, out of <laughs> completely out of the blue. The group announced late last week that they've written and recorded their first new tracks in 35 years. Um, the decision to get back in the studio came from working on an upcoming world tour next year where ABBA avatars will perform the band's greatest hits. Yeah, don't get excited. It's not the actual living human beings of ABBA. Correct. Like holograms, effectively. Correct. And so that avatar project also includes a two-hour TV special co-produced by NBC here in America and the BBC that is scheduled for December. Um, and in a statement announcing the new music, the group said, quote, The decision to go ahead with the exciting ABBA Avatar tour project had an unexpected consequence. We all felt that after some 35 years, it could be fun to join forces again and go into the recording studio. So we did. And it was like time had stood still and we had only been away on a short holiday. <laughs> I don't think that's how they fancy it, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Um, continuing the statement, an extremely joyful experience. Um, so they revealed the name of one of these songs. It's called I Still Have Faith in You, which just, it already sounds like an ABBA song title. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that will be also featured in the um, NBC BBC special. Uh, this is obviously huge news for pop fans, given the fact that ABBA have been inactive since 1982. And also coming this year is the sequel to the ABBA musical Mamma Mia, I should say movie musical, subtitled Here We Go Again, which hits theaters in July and co-stars Cher. So it's Cher. Just, it's just pop-tastic all around. Um, you know, Keith, the ABBA definitely like dominated our charts during their heyday, which was uh, their chart. They were on the charts from 1974 to 1982. So what were some of ABBA's biggest hits during that time? Well, we actually did a recap the other day, uh, sort of in light of this news, uh, their top um, their top three songs as determined by a recap methodology that we used for the Billboard Hot 100, where we rank um, an artist's songs based upon their overall chart performance. Um, which usually tends to mean the longer amount of time you spend at the top of the chart, you will rank higher on this particular recap. So for this, their number three biggest hit was The Winner Takes It All. Uh, And then number two was Take a Chance on Me. And their number one biggest hit of all time on the Billboard Hot 100 is Dancing Queen, which is also conveniently their only number one hit in America. Um, They were big in America, but they were also just enormous globally. Like people... Like, if you think, like, oh, that doesn't seem that big. They only had one number one in America. They were enormous in Europe and Asia and all around the world. And it was like ABBA phenomenon uh, back in the day. And that's why it's such a big deal to to have them come back and do anything. Like, whenever the, whenever the four members of ABBA do anything together, it's always news. Because, mm. you know, I mean, one, they used to be two couples and then they broke up. So there's all this sort of like Fleetwood Mac rumors type sort of drama that was happening. Scandinavian not, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Not in <laughs> quite the same way, but it's sort of, you know, but I mean, do you really gonna want to go work together with like the people that you used to be partnered up with? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know. Um, and so, you know, they've gotten together on isolated occasions, I, I believe, you know, like for the premiere of uh, Mamma Mia, the musical and also the Mamma Mia movie premiere. And I kind of was thinking like, 
you know, maybe they would do an original song for the movie for Mamma Mia 2. Um, but that, you know, I was like, oh, that seems like a stretch. But no, and now we're just going to get two brand new songs, one of which will premiere this December. And it sounds like a ballad, doesn't it? Just the title of it sounds like a ballad. Oh, yeah. I feel I, well, I, it sounds like Winner Takes All is actually like the first reference point I have. Like, I still have faith in you or I don't know. It sounds it just sounds like an ABBA song. Yeah. Which it is. It is an ABBA song. It is. We can actually say that. We can actually say there is a new ABBA song. So crazy. Um, Well, let's go over to some of the biggest headlines on the charts. First up, J. Cole comes crashing in at number one on the Billboard 200 with his fifth number one album, K.O.D. All five of his studio efforts have reached number one on the list. And this new set lands the biggest week of 2018 for an album as it bows with 397,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending April 26th, according to Nielsen Music. It also logs the largest streaming week of 2018 and the third largest streaming week ever for an album. It actually starts with, yeah, 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 you didn't know that, did you? I did not. You didn't read my story on Sunday. Mm, that's did always you? happens. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Um, the set starts with 322.7 million on demand audio streams for its tracks. And uh, the only albums to earn more streams for their tracks in a single week are Kendrick Lamar's Damn and Drake's More Life when they started with 340.6. And 384.8 million streams, respectively, in their debut frames. And all this basically happened in the, the past, like, you know, year and a half, effectively. Yeah. So it just kind of shows you, like, how huge streaming has become. Um, and that bodes well for the next artist we're about to talk about, because it's likely that J. Cole will step aside for Post Malone next week on the Billboard 200, as his new album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, seems a sure shot to debut at number one. It's racking up huge streaming figures. It's breaking records all over the place. I don't have a forecast yet, but I will probably have one by the time you hear these words in audio form on the podcast. So make sure to check out Billboard.com for all of the Post Malone prognostications. Um, in other J. Cole news, all 12 tracks on his album debut on the Billboard Hot 100 chart this week. And three of them, get this, three of them debut in the top 10. Wow. That's the first time one act has ever debuted three songs in the top 10 concurrently, uh, which is just insanity. Uh, for more about J. Cole's Hot 100 action, listen to the next episode of the Chartbeat podcast. And check out Gary Truss' coverage of the Hot 100 online at Billboard.com. Gary, of course, is the Hot 100 chart manager. Um, and you can follow him on Twitter for all of his fun Hot 100 nuggets. Uh, next up, Ariana Grande makes a grande entrance at number three <laughs> on the Hot 100 as No Tears Left to Cry arrives at number three, powered by strong sales, streams, and airplay. Uh, the track bows at number one on the digital song sales chart with 100,000 sold. It starts at number five on the streaming songs chart with 36.9 million streams. And at number 35 on the radio songs chart with 27 million audience impressions earned in the week ending April 29th. In total now, Ariana has debuted six songs in the top 10, which is crazy. And this is her ninth top 10 overall. Still doesn't have a number one yet, but you know... When you're going up against Drake's Nice For What, which is still number one, 
it's kind of hard to pull that off, you know? Yeah. I mean, unless unless Ariana picks up rapping. <laughs> or has a song featuring Drake. Yeah, or, ooh, <laughs> she should have really, that would have been the key. Ariana should have called up Drake and said, can you can you do me a solid? We I don't mean, know that she hasn't. There's, there's more Ariana music on the way. She just uh, sort of coyly announced a song called R.E.M. coming probably this week. I wonder, does it feature R.E.M.? Uh, you know, I got really excited when I saw her like little upside down REM tweet, but uh, it seems to be just the song title. Oh, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> as as I just said, you know, you're going up against Drake. Drake's nice for what is still number one for a third week, while Drake's God's Plan is number two. And of course, God's Plan used to be number one until Nice for What bumped God's Plan from number one. So it's Ariana versus Drake. You know, they are sort of sister. They're, they're sister, they're on the same label. They're both on Republic. I mean, granted, Drake is, you know, a young money, cash money artist, but it all goes through Republic, and Ariana is Republic, so maybe, you know, you never know. I'm trying to know. think if there's an example of Drake being on, like, that poppy of a song. Because, I mean, hmm. he makes pop music, obviously, but we're talking, like, pure pop with Ariana, you know? Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I want, well, here, I can actually, I have the power of the internet. Um, <laughs> it looks like, I mean, at least recently, no. That's no. That's it's like of... Rih- like his Rihanna collaborations, but even that. I mean, Rihanna, you know, really, you know, verges toward hip hop a lot of the time, even though she yeah. obviously is a pop star. Yeah, I think. I mean, Beyonce and Drake did something together, um, but even still, that's not like straight up pop. Like there was a Justin Bieber and Drake track a while back. That's that's um, some, that's saying something for sure. Yeah, but that was a long while. That's ago, probably but... the answer to that question. Yeah, but that's. Then again, remember, wasn't Drake in a Justin Bieber video, too? Oh, yeah. He was in the baby video. He was there at the beginning. They're Canadian oh. Canadian brothers, you know? <laughs> yes. Canadi- <laughs> Canadian OGs. Um, all right. Uh, lastly, 2018's Record Store Day festivities impact our charts this week. As a number of titles see gains, thanks to the annual celebration of indie music stores that brings to market a bevy of new, unique, and limited edition vinyl albums and singles. Did you go to any Record Store Day festivities, Katie, by the way? I, I didn't, and I feel bad about it because I, I live in a newish neighborhood. I moved like three miles away from my old place, but there's actually a record store walking distance from my home, and I oh. thought, wow, it would be a great excuse to go, and then straight up didn't. So we'll go another day. We'll support oh. them on a non-Record Store Day. Well, you're worthless. But see, that's that's but that's more important though. If you actually go and support them um, on a day that isn't record store day, exactly. There you go. That's what I was. It, that's what I was going for. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, record store day is a way to kind of like get you in the door at these places and to make you sort of see maybe a store that you hadn't been to before. Yeah. Or just make you feel like, hey, this is something fun that you want to do, and just sort of it's not about just one day it's more about kind of celebrating record stores and celebrating them throughout the year because we just don't have that many of them left frankly um anyway notably record store day which took place on april 21st helped push u.s vinyl album sales to their biggest week outside of christmas in nielsen music history and of course nielsen music dates back to 1991 in the week ending april 26th there were 733,000 vinyl albums sold and 580, 580,000 of them were sold at independent retailers, which is crazy. Um, curious as to what the top-selling Record Store Day exclusive albums and singles were at indie stores? Yes. Sure you are. Okay, so 
here's the top three uh, albums and the top three uh, singles. So number three album was Neil Young's Tonight's the Night Live at the Roxy. Number two was David Bowie's Welcome to the Blackout Live in London, 1978. And number one was a reissue of Bruce Springsteen's 1995 Greatest Hits album. And it was reissued on vinyl. I think it's the first time it's been on vinyl in a while. And it was put on red vinyl. So, so yeah, I think that was the right... It was that was the right sort of one two three punch of huge artist with an album that a lot of people are familiar with, which ha- happens to be a greatest hits record. That was also a number one album on the Billboard 200, and it's coming out on vinyl for the first time in a while, and it's on a colored vinyl. Yeah. So yeah, perfect perfect storm there. Uh, the top three singles at uh, Record Store Day were number three was Sophie and Stevens' Mystery of Love, uh, which actually had. Uh, three songs on it, all three of his songs from the Call Me By Your Name movie. Uh, number two is David Bowie's Let's Dance, the full-length demo version. And number one was Led Zeppelin. I guess this was the first time Led Zeppelin ever did anything for Record Store Day. And it was a seven-inch single of Friends backed with rock and roll. So, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... I actually... Um, I, I went to... Uh, I I went I was in London when Record Store Day was happening and Record Store Day is an international thing and I went past a record store and I'm like whoa huge line not going to do that right now <laughs> and then so I went to Rough Trade which is a, a pretty you know famous record store um, both in America and in the UK I think the following day or maybe the next I think it might be the next weekend. And uh, browsed around, and I couldn't find anything that I wanted. So they had mm. swiftly, swiftly sold out of some of the things that I wanted to see. But I did, I did go and patronize. I just didn't actually end up buying anything. So that, that's does important. That count? Does it that counts. Still count? Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on now to our interview of the week with Sting and Shaggy. Um, the pair stopped by the Billboard offices in New York last week um, while I happened to be in London. So we did a transatlantic pop shop interview. And funny enough, I'm actually sitting at the table right now where they were talking to me last week. <laughs> um, so unfortunate. So close. I know. If only I were here a few days earlier. <laughs> um, if you actually, when you listen to the interview, you'll hear Sting remarking about like the room that he's in because it's. We call it a library, but it's like this weird sort of library of bound volumes of billboard and storage unit. (laughs) (laughs) We put Sting and Shaggy in a closet is what we're trying to say. We've put many people in a closet here at Billboard. (laughs) Um, Anyway, in our chat, we talk all about how the two of them got together for their first collaborative album, the reggae pop hybrid set 44876, how quickly they wrote and recorded the effort. While people are constantly, uh, why people are constantly surprised by the two of them working together, uh, some of the inspirations and stories behind the set songs, and what to expect on their forthcoming tour. Shaggy warns you there will be no bathroom breaks, by the way. (laughs) So take a listen to our chat with Sting and Shaggy. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Sting and Shaggy. How are you both doing? We're, we're doing extremely well, but we're in a very interesting room in uh, the Billboard offices where it goes back to the 1800s, and I never knew this 
about Billboard. So I'm fascinated. I love books anyway, but being surrounded by tomes is uh, very comforting to me. Yeah, kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah, you're in you're in our um, very fancy library in our New York office right now. Um, Billboard dates back to 1894. Wow. I'm not sure if we actually have issues going back that far, but maybe you'll find one later. I don't know. Um, anyway, you're here to talk about your new album, four four eight seven six and. Sting, I've read a number of you know reviews and stories uh, about the album, and it seems like many people are quite taken aback by this pairing. Even though you know you, of course, have a history with reggae music, why do you think it is that people were so surprised that the two of you were working together? Well, I mean, the surprise from our point of view was uh, quite deliberate. For me, the most important element in music, anyway, is surprise. Whether you're as a composer or whether you're choosing the kind of music you want to present to the public surprise is the is the is the prime you know currency so when people say god we were surprised no one expected sting and shaggy that we're already winning but then when you think about it it's not so surprising <laughs> because we have a common ground in in a love of reggae music you know a respect for reggae music in my case and he's an authentic dancehall reggae artist so uh, it it somehow works, and um, and I think there's a joy and a, a sunshine on the record that um, is is really resonating with people, and I'm very happy about that. Um, Shaggy, you know, this project started off as basically you getting Sting to do a feature on, I think, what was at the time just your solo song, Don't Make Me Wait, which ended up being the first single from this album. Whose idea was it? to get to try to get sting on the track and when did you realize okay this is going to be more than just one song well we have a mutual friend in common so you know uh you know that gave me access to sting uh i thought it'd be great on on the track uh and that person sent him uh the track and uh he turned up in the studio the same day um i was a little taken aback because i didn't think he he was he would actually come and he came right in singing the hook and uh, you know recorded uh, the chorus. And we were very much taken aback to how well our voices um, were together, you know. And, um, you know, we, we, it, was, it was incredible. And, um, you know, we, we went back again to, to add some more stuff to it a year after and just realized that we have a great rapport together. We realized that this was, you know, there was an energy there. And um, he invited me to come down because he was in the middle of he was about to start an album, and you know he says, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'll probably do a reggae album. What do you say? Come down and just kind of vibe on it." And we just started a vibe, and then ended up with a bunch of tracks. You know, from one track to two track to three tracks, and you know, after a while, we had a, a body of work, and it was, we then decided that hey, it would be cool if we just do it as a project. Um, the the friend that you mentioned is uh, Martin Kirzebaum, who I'm assuming it's Martin, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Martin manages Sting and um, I believe maybe used to do his A&R and then became his manager and he used to do your yeah, he was, A&R yeah, he as well. Yeah, was my A&R. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, did you know Sting in, in any more than just sort of a general passing way before this meetup or did were you friends with no, him for a long time? No, it, it was really on some general pass type type vibe. But, you know, I did. I, we were in Antwerp. That he was playing, I was doing a whole concert series there with me and James Brown and uh, Pointer Sisters and a whole bunch of other artists. And you know, I think it was a Saturday. We had a break because Sting wanted to take the Coliseum over, and uh, <laughs> we en- we ended up going there. You know, all of us. And I went backstage, I had a quick chat with him, and then I jumped on stage on Roxanne. 
he doesn't remember all of this because, you know, um, I think he was drinking that day. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was Sean Paul. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. So, so um, you know, so it was just it was th- just that. But, uh, you know, you, when magic happens, it just happened, brother. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no other way I could explain this, you know what I mean? Because you do everything in life off feeling, you know, and, and, and energy. And the energy with me and Sting was just right. It just felt right. Everything about it felt right. You know, I had an album slated to come out in December. I put it back to do this because it felt right. You know what I'm saying? Now, we had tours to do. We canceled them and came together because it felt right. Everything felt right. You know what I mean? When I sit down there and I think about my feelings and I think about my energies and everything around it, if there's nothing that I could find in this collaboration with him and I that are off, that is off. It's nothing that feels wrong. You know, I like him. I like his people. I like Martin. I like, you know, uh, Tracy. I like I like everybody that's involved with the project. I, you know, I get along with his crew. I get along with, he gets along with my people. It just feels right. It just, it's, you know, and you just got to roll with that energy sometime, man. I would corroborate everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you, you listed off a bunch of people. Did we squeeze them all into that tiny little library with you, or is it just like... No, no, no. Right it's uh, We only have uh, four people in here. Yeah. So. And the entourage is outside. I got it. Um, Sting, when you were on this podcast the last time, you were promoting your last album, uh, 57th and 9th, and you suggested that you and your band would almost write a song per day. Like, you would sort of be in the studio and think of music and then you would go home and, and mm. get inspired and do some lyrics. Did the songs on this album come together as quickly as your last album? Um, actually quicker uh, in, in, mm. many, in many ways because we we share the load. You know, it wasn't just me being a band leader. We had two band leaders in there uh, competing with each other in, in a very genial fashion like a ping pong game. And uh, I'd come in every day with something and then Shaggy would too. Or Shaggy would, uh, you know, have a, have a viewpoint on on some and an idea that I brought in, or a theme that I brought in, and vice versa. And I think after after about four weeks, we had twenty songs, which was very unusual for me. So wow. uh, I think we chose twelve or fourteen of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 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 work rate was amazing. Um, was there, Sting, a, a, a goal or a concept in mind when you were putting together the tracks, or was it just songs that were great songs and they all were just put together on the album? Well, the, the common ground that we share, obviously, is, lo- is a love of reggae, so most of the tracks began there. But I would say now it, it's it's a pop album. You know, it, it, the basement is reggae, but it you know it, it branched off into various other genre, and. Um, you know, it just it started there, and just ideas kept flowing. I want to ask about a few specific tracks on the album um, and what inspired them, maybe. Uh, Shaggy, there's a track on the album called 22nd Street, and it sounds like it's, you know, maybe like a true love story of an actual thing that happened. Where did that song come from? That was Sting, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, you're just like the second person that actually asked me that, that, that thought it was my... You know, interesting. Yeah, they don't think that you would have well, you know that a, a story about oh man that could have been the one. We're channeling each other. Yeah, I think most people have have a, have a, a memory, nostalgia about the one that got away. You know, whether you're a man or a woman, and that's not about it's not about regret. It's it's just you know a respect for relationships that don't perhaps work out. 
And uh, I, I wasn't singing about anybody specific. I, I certainly didn't know anyone in 22nd Street. But the idea came, and um, it, it works. But uh, it's it's interesting. People think it's thinks it's Shaggy's story. Yeah. It's actually mine. I know. Yeah. Well, Shame. I think what's what's interesting sometimes on the album is that the, you know you both are interwoven throughout all the tracks, but sometimes you know some songs you know lean a little more sting some songs lean a little bit more y'all, shaggy, y'all just used to me doing all the nasty shit that's why you know what i mean <laughs> so so you like, you hear a little bit of record doing something like yeah going lean into that side yeah that gotta be shaggy right there sting you know he'll never you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i'm the man who sang uh just like y'all probably thought i should be the one that was supposed to be convicted on crooked tree right <laughs> he was gonna be the drudge right yeah, we flip it on y'all though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there there are some songs on the album that have uh, lyrics that touch upon you know sort of you know the current state of affairs, and sometimes you know just a little bit. It's not very in your face. You know, I'm thinking of that was deliberate. Like, yeah, it was deliberate. Uh, you know, just one lifetime, uh, waiting for the break of day, and, and it was certainly dreaming in the USA. Um, Sting, what is the common thread that you would say runs through those songs specifically? I, I think a concern uh, for where the world is headed politically, in my opinion, backwards. Um, I'm much more progressive in my politics, and so is Shaggy. And so I think music has a very important function to play at, in febrile, you know, dangerous times like this, giving people... Uh, Hope, giving people a sense that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and with some action, things can can change through votes. Um, also, giving people a smile, you know, when it seems dark, and waiting for the break of day is re- is really a, a metaphor for that. You know, we're, we're waiting for the truth to come out, and uh, the truth will set us free. Wow, yeah, it's deep, huh? <laughs> See that? So deep. That's, me, that's just rubbing off on let, me, man. Let me write that down. <laughs> Um, uh, Dreaming in the USA, um, uh, to me, immediately brought to mind um, a Smokey Robinson and the Miracle song, The Tracks of My Tears, at least, at yeah. least musically. I, I'm, I'm assuming that was the intention. Yes, it was. It, that's an homage to actually more than just one song by Smokey Robinson. But it's really a love letter to American culture. You know, both of us, Shaggy and I, are immigrants to the United States. We came here because of a love for the United States and what it produced. It's jazz, it's uh, musical, movies, musicals, it's culture, painting, literature, all of that stuff. The idea of America, obviously it's not a perfect society by any means, it's full of paradoxes, but the idea of America is, is one that has a great currency in the world and without it, we would be very, you know, as a as a species, we'd be less well off. And so it's really saying America is great. Uh, we must move forward and not backwards. Shaggy, you know, you've said, you said this recently. I was watching, actually, I was watching your Breakfast Club interview, which was uh, quite amusing and entertaining and enlightening. Um, you said, if you're not changing people's lives, you're not doing your job. Speaking, you know, from the point of, uh, you know, being as an artist and, and a person of Mm -hmm. means um you know you're quite involved with charitable endeavors as is sting was that something that helped build your friendship too aside from obviously the the bond that you have over music like i said we had a lot of a lot of things in common that's just one of the things that we have in common also uh you know we found that out about each other afterwards um and uh 
you know, it, it is certain. It's certainly a, 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 you know, a part of it. Um, but you know, as far as changing people's lives, you know, we're, we're from nothing, bro. You know, Sting is from a, a small town in Newcastle that builds ship. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying uh, blue collar workers. You know, I'm from the ghettos of of Kingston Raytown. You know, and look where we are. You know, we're playing for the for the queen, bro. I mean, serious. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that's a long way that we've gone. You know, what I mean, and so we're blessed. We look at it every day and say, "Wow, this is the greatest job in the world." Don't take this for granted. And when I look at people in my team that I've started with that came from nothing with me, and I I'm going to their kids' graduation, and I see their homes and their cars, and they've you know they work for me, and I see what they've, they've it gives me a sense of of accomplishment. You know, I'm I'm proud. You know, I mean, I've I've done something. You know, I've seen I've I've seen I did one album, and people there was like eleven I think about eleven people that bought their homes that 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 year and and got their lives going, and all because I wrote some songs. Three minutes, you know, three minute songs that 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 resonated with people and, and changed their life. If I'm not doing that with this talent that I've been given, then, then it should be taken from me. You know what I mean? Because we got to use it. And now that I'm a little older, it's not about cars and chicks and getting laid and all of that. It's about what's happening in the world. And you know, I've fought in the military. I think that I've earned myself the right to actually have an opinion for some of the bullshit that's going on right now. And I'm going to use this record uh, with somebody as as iconic as Sting, who both of us share the same values to let her voices be heard because it's bullshit you know and we need to we need to put her foot down and 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 you know it's just growth brother you know what i mean i'm and i'm growing every day i'm i'm a work in progress you know what i mean and um you know i'm i'm just happy to have the opportunity to do it you know what i mean so i take nothing for granted nothing in life i take for granted bro well um i could keep you guys both here forever but i am not allowed to um, Sting, in closing, I think you guys are headed out on the road together, right, for sort of a double build tour. Is that correct? It starts in June, yeah, I want to say. Yeah, we, we start in June and uh, run through July and a bit of August, and in, that's in Europe, and then we're coming to the United States, North America anyway, in the, in the fall. And we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a very integrated tour in that neither of us will leave the stage. So uh, I'll weave in and out of Shaggy's material. He'll do the same with mine. I'll be his bass player. Yeah. He'll be my hype man. He'll be the hype man, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he the most expensive bass player, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I worth, can't, I'm worth every cent. Every penny, but uh, you know, I can't even pay him. But at the end of the day, too, you know, man, you know, we don't want to do a segment here, a segment there where when they, you know, I'm doing, you know, when Sting is doing a segment, the Shaggy fans are outside going to the toilet. When Shaggy doing a segment, Sting fans are out to the toilet. Get used to it. You're going to have all of us there all night till it's done. He's on my song. I'm on his song. Get used to it, yo. Um, well, I look forward to this tour. None of us will be taking a bathroom break. And uh, No bathroom breaks. So piss before you in. come in, bro. <laughs> There's no, there's no piss stop in there. You're going straight through. You know what I'm saying? Wear your comfortable shoes because you're going to be dancing. You're going to be up on your feet. If you need Viagra, take it because you're going to need that extra strength. Well, that's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be fun, man. We're going to have some fun, man. So I know somebody you took it this All morning. Right. Look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine it's is, like mine is in full effect right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sting. Thank you, Shaggy. Thank, thank you, you guys Keith. so much. Thank you, Keith. God bless. Keith, all right, man. Take it easy, bro. Bye.
Thank you again to Sting and Shaggy for dropping by, and congrats to both of them on their number one on the reggae albums chart with 44876. Did you know Sting has now had number one albums on the reggae albums chart, the traditional classical albums chart, the classical crossover albums chart, and even the holiday albums chart? <laughs> so I now look forward to a children's album or a new age album or maybe a blues record from Sting. Uh, because he always likes to surprise us with his albums. So. You know what? It's funny you mentioned a children's album because I saw from our, our Stereo Gum coworker Scott's Instagram that Sting and Shaggy were in the office for Take Your Children to Work Day last oh, week. Oh, yeah. And so there's an amazing photo of all the kids who were in the New York uh, Billboard, Stereo Gum, Spin, Vibe offices uh, getting to take a, an amazing picture with Sting and Shaggy. Wow. Sting yes. and Shaggy did not know that they were going to be roped into doing something for <laughs> no. Take Your Kids to Work Day, did I'm they? Sh- I'm sure they didn't. Scott was like, I did not plan this. And, of course, Scott himself, his daughter, is front and center. So yeah. it all worked out very well. <laughs> I didn't plan this. Get in the front. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Keeping the Sting theme going here, this month in 1979, Sting's old band, The Police, scored their first top 40 hit on the Hot 100 chart with Roxanne. The track moved into the top 40 on the April 7th, 1979 dated chart and peaked at number 32 just a few weeks later on April 28th. Roxanne was The Police's first of 13 hits on the Hot 100, which included six top tens, including the number one smash, of course, Every Breath You Take. As for Sting on his own as a solo artist, he's claimed 20 Hot 100 hits, including five top tens, and one of those hit number one. Katie, can you name name Sting's only number one hit as a solo artist? I mean, I'll, I'll be taking some shots in the dark here, for sure. Um, okay, I'm going to make one early, earlier solo sting guess and one later. <laughs> I feel like both are probably wrong, but whatever. My early guess is, uh, if I ever lose my faith in you? That one's number 17. Oh, that's not very good. Okay, and then I was going to say Desert Rose. That one's number 17 as well. Stop. That's bizarre. Okay. So if I, if I had asked you for Sting's hits that hit number 17, you would have two yes. out of the three. How incredible would that be? Um, can I? Is there like a hint you can give me about his number one? Sure. Um, first, I'll tell the listeners that uh, he had Katie guessed two out of Sting's three 17 uh, <laughs> hits. Uh, his other number 17 peaking hit was Love is the Seventh Wave back in 1985. Wasn't guessing that one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll give you a hint. It was in uh, right around the mid-90s. Okay. Um, and it was for a movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I believe okay. it was for a movie. Let me just double check okay. on that. I could be lying to you. Well, you- that, that hint... Leads me. Is it? Is he by himself in this song? No. Ah, uh, and, yes. and, and it is. I know for what a it movie. is. I know what it is. Yes, the movie hint was a good one. Um, it's that. It's that song with um Brian Adams and Rod Stewart. Yep. And that song is called. <laughs> um. No, I really do know this. Um. Oh, all for love. All for love. I was like, are you Googling it? <laughs> no, no. I literally And like, that song I is Tappa Tappa Tappa. <laughs> right, tappa exactly. Tappa Tappa. Exactly. I could think I can see the video right now. 
in my they're brain. Sitting, I think they're sitting around a table, like eating, like like drinking wine and eating food or something. Right? I mean, they record. They show them singing it as well. But yes, I think there is like a like them hanging out. Wait, With, um, was it was it like uh, Robin Hood or or like Three Musketeers or something? Th- the, it was for the Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Yeah. There it is. You're right in thinking Robin Hood because, of course, Brian Adams did everything I do. I do it for you for yes. Robin Hood. The Prince yes. Of Thieves. Yes. And um, I believe uh, this. Yeah, this song was also written by Brian. Well, this song "All for Love" was written by Brian Adams, um, Mutt Lang, and Michael Kamen, who I think were all the people that were behind. Everything I do, I do it for you as well. So, oh, well, just classics. I if I cannot believe that Sting's only number one, though. Yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't about to bring that up to him on the pop shop either. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I, I did want to play like a trivia game, like and ask them, like you know, kind of like chart trivia questions. But that was just going to quickly devolve into something silly, and I. I realized the transatlantic pop shop connection was a little bit dodgy to begin with. I'm like, ooh, let's just stay away from that. So uh, anyway, um, there you have it. As I circle back to what we were originally talking about, <laughs> this month back in 1979, the police got their first top 40 hit with Roxanne. Like funny, that's that chart. That chart stat of the week turned into let's just quiz you about all for love. <laughs> Um, okay, so any parting words, Katie? Well, you know, I just apologize in advance to our listeners for the, like, nine other Kanye West songs that are probably going to drop, like, after we record this and before it publishes. Right. And, and like, the twenty, <laughs> like the 24 hours or so between the, our recording and our posting, there will be a full Kanye album that is dropped. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, Keith, Keith and Katie are totally up on the pop news, aren't they? And it, it already beat J. Cole's streaming record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, and Ariana teamed with Kanye for a number right. one hit. We've we've redone the entire Hot 100 chart, people. Yes. <laughs> God, that would be terrible. Um, okay, so what song should we go out on? Oh, man. I mean, I, something Sting or Police or, I mean, after all that talk. After all that. Maybe uh, one of his number 17 hits. <laughs> oh, well, then, um, if I ever lose my faith in you. Love that song. Let's do it. All right, see you guys next time. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.